you know, just kind of the, putting it in pers perspective, um, you know, the U.S. represents 4.5% of the world's population, yet we're consuming over 52% of the world's prescription drugs. We're actually sitting down with uh, Dr. Eric from Functional Wellness and Chiropractic Center. Uh, actually, we're in Madison today, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you having us in the office, Dr. Yeah. Eric. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Super excited. Yeah, Dr. Eric is uh, obviously a chiropractor and a wellness expert, so we're going to dive in deep um, on some of those topics, um, but we're actually going to kind of start out today by letting him kind of tell his story on how he got into chiropractic and uh, maybe what the future looks like for him um, within the chiropractic space. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'll uh, give a little background on myself as well. Um, like I grew up in Toma, Wisconsin, uh, graduated there in 2009, um, and uh, ended up going to UW Lacrosse, got a bachelor's degree in biology, uh, chemistry minor. Um, and I guess during that time, it was actually the, um, the summer growing in my sophomore year at UW Lacrosse is when I kind of like I guess figured out that I wanted to go into chiropractic and uh, during that summer I was doing a bunch of job shadowing with you know whatever ologist is out there like cardiologist oncologist gastroenterologist um, you know whatever uh, I did the job shadow and um, you know just kind of my experience with that um, all I pretty much saw was them just like prescribing drugs and just kind of booting patients out the door and I'm um, just thinking about, you know, what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to hate it at some point if, uh, if that was the case. And, uh, you know, at the time I was uh, working at the golf course in my hometown and just talking to a, a few people about, you know, what I was doing for college and, um, you know, what I uh, planned on doing afterwards. Um, you know, I told them plan on going to med school, um, but, you know, wasn't overly enthused at it at the time. And, but one of the people I was talking with uh, was a chiropractor in uh, Toma, and she's like, oh, you should come job shadow me. So I did that uh, that following week and just fell in love with it because there was, uh, especially like um, with the general practitioners, the, uh, people coming in with the same sort of issues and um, walking out of the chiropractic clinic, they were actually feeling better. And I just didn't see that with the medical model. Um, and, you know, Ever since then, I was just kind of hooked and just pursued it more, did a little bit more job shadowing with chiropractic, and um, and then before I started my sophomore year, I switched over to the pre-chiropractic program, which it's the same program as the med program, it's just a different advisor, and so instead of the advisor helping you out with getting into med school, uh, just that uh, advisor is helping you get into chiropractic school and making sure you're hitting all your prerequisites and um, kind of helping you determine which school to go to. Um, and then from there, uh, I ended up uh, deciding on going to Northwestern Health Sciences University, which is in the Twin Cities, Bloomington. Um, and uh, actually, like my sister um, lived in the Twin Cities at the time and uh, really liked the Twin Cities. But uh, like also with like uh, Northwestern, um, it's kind of more of a science-based uh, chiropractic school and um, just kind of with my science background and it just really resonated with me and so like I thought it was a really good fit um, obviously loved it um, and I guess kind of uh, I guess well, like my specialties like with chiropractic um, I do like a lot of um, I guess I should get into it right now um, like I do a lot of like applied kinesiology which is a lot uh, like a lot of muscle testing 
I can get into that later. Um, some soft tissue therapies and uh, a lot of nutrition as well. I guess kind of the way I, like I got into that was <clears throat> um, there's like technique clubs and for chiropractors, um, techniques are just different ways of how you practice. It's, I guess, kind of the analogy that I use is, you know, if I was to go to like med school, you can specialize in like oncology, cardiology, and that sort of thing. Techniques are kind of like those specialties. And so I guess the way like I got hooked on those specialties is just going to like different clubs and um, yeah, and the applied kinesiology, um, nutrition, functional medicine, um, I'll refer to it as that, and kind of some soft tissue therapies. Those were some uh, techniques that, you know, I really, really resonated with me. Um, and, you know, during chiropractic school, uh, I was pretty much going to continuing education seminars. Uh, it seemed like every other weekend. Um, I think by the time I graduated, I had uh, 425 hours of continuing education seminars underneath my belt by the time I graduated. Um, I'm up to like <laughs> um, 550, something like that, 560 right now. Um, so I definitely love learning and um, I guess with different areas as well. But uh, the bulk of that is, um, well, I guess I should say, uh, ended up graduating in uh, December 2016. Um, and then moved to Madison that next month and opened up my own chiropractic clinic from scratch, uh, March of 2017. And then actually while I was, um, opening up my chiropractic clinic, I was, you know, I was getting certified with, uh, like a jurisprudence test in Wisconsin. Cause you have to like abide by all their chiropractic laws and whatnot. And they had like a weird law regarding their, um, nutritional advice, which, uh, you had to have, you know, once, once you were a doctor, you had to get 48 hours of uh, continuing education um, of nutrition um, after you're a doctor. Um, and my school, actually, since it was in the Twin Cities, and it's neighboring Wisconsin, it had a 48-hour nutrition program. And I actually took that three times yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a student. And, um, you know, I'm just, like, talking to the Wisconsin Chiropractic Board and they're just like, oh, you weren't a doctor, so, yet, so, uh, unfortunately, like, none of the hours counted, and so, since, like, nutrition is, like, a big portion of my clinic, I ended up, um, getting a postdoctorate degree in nutrition, and that consisted of 300 hours of an accredited, um, nutrition courses, um, I had to write a paper that I'm actually still trying to get published, um, I had to take a test and pay a thousand dollars, of course. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you. But, um, but yeah, ended up getting that postdoctorate degree in nutrition. Um, uh, it was actually like two weeks after I opened is uh, when I actually got the um, certificate and everything was finalized. So I was I was pretty busy <laughs> from sure. that uh, January to March. Um, but yeah, just uh, opening up. Um, you know, it's, it's been pretty slow because, uh, I mean, Madison's kind of a different market as far as, like, um, just healthcare in general because uh, um, a lot of the hospitals own um, the insurance plans. They're called HMOs, health maintenance organizations. And so um, they're always trying to get you to use their practitioners. If, like, if you have, like, UW Health, 
they want you to go to UW um, doctors or whatever. Sure. And then as far as like, um, well, for chiropractors, they have like a set amount of chiropractors that they allow in network. And, um, you know, starting from scratch and not knowing anyone um, was, was actually probably a, a really bad fit for me. Um, but, you know, it totally fine with that because, like, actually the way I practice, I could, like, technically bill for, like, four different um, services offered, which is, like, the chiropractic, um, the manual therapies, which is the massage soft tissue stuff. Um, the rehabilitation, I do some, re I do actually quite a bit of rehab with patients, um, and also like some nutrition stuff. So I could technically build patients for four different things and you know, that, that would be expensive for patients. And so actually being a cash clinic actually saves them money in the long run, which is, uh, really nice. Um, uh, but unfortunately people, um, are still looking to get in network with chiropractors and that's been kind of the biggest hump yeah i've been sure. trying to get over as far as like a new business mm -hmm. um like i've been all open for just over two years so sure. um but yeah things are slowly building in the right direction yeah yeah for um, sure so that was you say that was like the biggest challenge is just because of the insurance and the marketplace and people are just yeah, yeah interesting yeah I feel like with chiropractic too, sometimes the insurances working with them can just be funky in general though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, um, I mean, if, yeah, just insurance in general is just not beneficial for certain people and especially like the demographic that I see, which tend to be, um, um, I'd say the younger adults that, um, are definitely on the healthier side and, um, they have health insurance, but they have like a ridiculous deductible, like six thousand dollars, and they're not even going to come Paying close. Out of to anyway. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, so I'm a really good fit for them, and um, especially with like those high deductibles of you know insurance, um, they usually have some sort of like health savings account, an HSA or a flex account, where they're giving, um, they're given like uh, pre-tax money, um, essentially by their insurance company to you know spend on you know anything health related and they can use it at my clinic here. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you said, uh, this is something I want to actually touch base on before we get too far. You said like you originally were kind of more in like, uh, I don't know chiropractic is a form of like in the medical field, right? But you're originally like in that biology medical sector yeah. and you weren't as, you know, inclined to, you know, the prescription medication and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you just said like, oh, I wasn't going to be happy with that, you know? So like, at what point in time did you realize that you were feeling that way, that you didn't want to be in that actual, that particular section of medical healthcare um, and that you wanted to change into chiropractic? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, during that uh, summer in my sophomore year, yeah. going into my sophomore year, um, it's when, yeah, I was doing those job shadows and um, it just feel like, I just felt like they weren't really addressing the root cause of, you know, what was ever going on they were just um, prescribing stuff to just cover up symptoms and it just um, seemed like to me uh, like especially when I went to the general practitioners you know if someone comes in with like low back pain and they prescribed an opioid um, just all like that, band-aid solutions yeah exactly and you know if they did it like you know bending over why don't you actually address the back and you know get it into alignment so it's not causing any pain and so yeah, that's, I guess, kind of my thinking, kind of why I, like, I almost resented um, 
I guess, that form of treatment. And, and don't get me wrong, like, the, the medical community, they, they definitely have their place. And, um, but um, I, I, de I definitely think uh, it's kind of more towards, like, the trauma-based stuff. So, you know, if someone gets into a car accident, so someone gets shot or stabbed or something, you know, like, the trauma... I guess aspect of things of our healthcare system is, I think, hands down the best in the world. But when you kind of get into more of the, um, I guess, life lifestyle stuff, um, there's I, I would say that there's stronger alternatives, and um, you know, just kind of putting it in pers perspective, um, you know, the U.S. represents 4.5 percent of the world's population, yet we're consuming over 52 percent of the world's prescription drugs. There's there's a big disconnect there because I really do think that 4.5% 4, 4. of the world population should consume 4.5% of the world's prescription drugs. Yeah. Right. Or, or perhaps like a little bit more since like we're first world. But it should be like properly weighted, you know, exactly. a little bit more. There, there shouldn't be that huge disconnect. Um, and well, when you take kind of like that fact and the fact that um, last time I looked, uh, the healthcare system is like a, $3.15 trillion industry and 86% of those healthcare dollars are um, dedicated to mental and chronic diseases. Um, that's, that's just telling me that, you know, the medication route isn't the way to go um, and doing more of the lifestyle stuff is. And so that's um, well, a plug for me, the chiropractic stuff, the nutrition, but also like physical therapy acupuncture massage yeah um, and just overall like education yeah so i'm like living a good life too you yeah know, all, all this this shit that we consume and put into our bodies is not helping any part of our bodies too you know yeah but just like education too is just so powerful yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah you, you really need to you know inspect like everything that you like have in your life um and you know if you really want like an overall um be overall like healthy you know you have to you know, mentally, chemically, physically, you know, all be um, in a good spot. And unfortunately, like with some people, you know, they could uh, have the greatest diet, exercise every day, but if they ha have like really toxic relationships, you know, that can seep in and, you know, really hold them back and, yeah, um, yeah make them, you know, depressed or whatever. Um, I That's not the stuff that I work on. That's kind of more like the psychotherapist and um, psychiatrist sort of thing, but, um, but yeah, definitely, I always have to have that in mind. Um, it all ties together too, yeah, you absolutely. know, for sure. Yeah, and actually kind of what I see is with patients, if, you know, um, you know, whether I'm working with them nutritionally or, uh, like with the chiropractic stuff or soft tissue, they're kind of plateauing and, um, and they're actually doing their <laughs> exercises or stretches or whatever. Um, that's when I kind of have to have that conversation, like, yeah, how's your home life, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, just really taking that holistic point of view and um, just identifying the root cause. That's kind of what I'm tailored towards, I guess, and looking for is always that root cause. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I found it really interesting that you do a lot of nutrition work. And, yeah. um, I mean, I know that is a part of a little bit of the chiropractic school that you go through. Um, yeah. But we actually got tied in with a lot of, um, like, gym owners. And yeah. 
like plant-based chefs and they a lot of them were really heavily towards like plant-based eating yeah and that's actually like a pretty big like buzzword almost even passing surpassing like being a vegetarian like what's your thoughts on you know their big thing was like food is medicine yeah um i totally agree with that and um i really do think like uh using you know um good healthy plants as the foundation of your um uh, diet is important. I'm not telling you to go vegan. Um, well, that that's fine if you're vegan, but um, there are s- some things, in my opinion, that uh, could be improved upon the vegan diet. Mainly, um, uh, vitamin B12. Um, it, you can only get that from animal products. Um, so if you're vegan, make sure you're taking your B- B12 supplement. <laughs> Got you. Um, and also. Um, with uh, like omega-3 fatty acids. Um, uh, the biggest two that you hear from is like EPA and DHA. EPA is kind of more the anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acid and DHA is kind of more of the um, brain and immune uh, fatty acid. And actually 65% of our brain is made up of DHA. Um, I can't say what, it's like docohexanoic acid that's that's what dha stands for um but um as far as like the easiest way to get dha and epa is actually through fish yeah and um and that's kind of why you need to eat um at least fish or you know eggs um because uh, if you're eating you know just strictly plants and um, granted there are some omega-3 fatty acids um, in plants, but the conversion rate is like less than five percent. So, like, if you eat a hundred grams of, um, I believe it's uh, alpha linoleic acid or linoleic acid, whatever uh, <laughs> omega three fatty acid it is, um, uh, you'd only get like less than five grams of the DHA. Um, and since you know sixty five percent of our yeah. brain is sixty five percent DHA, you're you're essentially starving your brain of um fat and um i would actually argue that you're not not living your best life and you know living to your potential and um your optimal health and that sort of thing but for sure so you think um, that if people are going to choose to um consume meat that you know fish and you know chicken is good perhaps yeah beef not so much um beef is okay i would actually say like well Anything in moderation is fine. Sure. Um, even water, too much water, like um, you can go to the bottom of a pool and drink for five minutes, and yeah. uh, too much water is bad for you. Right. You, you drown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, just kind of with like the meats, you need to make sure like it's from a good repu- reputable um, source. Um, you know, it's kind of the you know free range chicken uh wild caught fish pasture raised beef you know that sort of thing um because kind of go to go with that um like all that stuff compared to the conventional farming stuff uh the pasture raised and um i would say um ethically raised uh more like free range yeah, yeah yeah the more ethically raised um uh, meat products um they actually have a higher omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid ratio um because um i guess i just mention it quick like uh the omega like the higher omega-6 to omega-3s um 
the fatty acid profile is, the more like pro-inflammatory things are. Okay. While the higher the omega three to omega six ratio is, the more anti-inflammatory it is. So you want more three than six? Exactly. Okay. For um, sure. And the ideal ratio is around one to one. Yeah. But um, like there's a study done that the average American has like a ratio of 25 to 1 of it being omega-6 to omega-3. So 25 times the amount of omega-6 is to so omega-3. So it's more inflammatory. Exactly. So to avoid that, you can get like the free-range stuff and the more reputable brands will have that better ratio. Yeah, absolutely. And that should help with like just your overall health. For sure. Um, and I feel like some of that stuff just flat out tastes better too. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, get, some, you get some of those chickens in the store and you're like, this, this chicken is way too big for its own good. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like overly big. And then you like yeah. eat it and you're like, it tastes like chicken, but there's something not right about this. Yeah. I think, well, we have like, um, <clears throat> kind of like inherent, um, we actually have like subconscious like taste receptors and, um, kind of what we're designed to do is, um, uh, I guess really enjoy and, we're attracted to the high nutrient dense foods um, because I guess kind of like, I guess if you take like a conventionally farmed like chicken breast versus, you know, the ethically raised free pasture raised uh, chicken breast, like, yeah, the chicken breast is smaller, but there's a lot more vitamins, minerals, you know, whatever in it. Um, and, uh, and that, Actually, satiety, which is the sense of feeling fullness, is actually proportional to nutrient density. Mm, for sure. And so, um, actually, you consuming that nutrient-dense um, chicken will actually fill you up more. And this is what I actually kind of think um, why a lot of people are, um, well, one out of three Americans are um, obese. Uh, two out of three are at least overweight. Um, is that you're consuming that, um, like high caloric chicken breast, but it's not nutrient dense. And so you're you consuming more. more. Your, your brain is still trying to find those like micronutrients that would be normally found in that chicken. And so, um, yeah, you're just trying to find those micronutrients so that you can, pro like all your enzymes can work properly and whatnot. Um, and your body can't process all those calories, and so that's why it just piles on fat and whatnot. Um, and so it's it's just kind of a it's kind of a vicious, it's kind of a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah. Because you think it's like you know when you go to the store, you think that I see this big chicken breast. I'm trying to get more for my more bang for my buck, but in reality, you're gonna end up having to eat more of that to get the same sense of body satisfaction and fullness yeah, that you absolutely. would from the actual free range chicken or the better brands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess, uh, you know, if you're looking at, you know, bulking up, like I, I, I deal with, uh, well, I actually see quite a, like a range of different patients, like um, autistic children to like autoimmunity to um, uh, people with arthritis. I see a lot in um, like professional athletes as well. I actually have a, um, a patient who's a professional MMA fighter out of Milwaukee. Um, so he comes and sees his name. Nice. Um, but you know, the, the people who are, you know, the more active and looking to bulk up, uh, that's when they definitely need to add in the, like the supplementation and that sort of thing. Cause, uh, 
like food like food is great and all but like just kind of with like our environment um like there's 86,000 different uh environmental toxins out in the world and we only know what two percent of them do to our body um uh, i can tell you they like uh, disrupt like our endocrine system um impair like liver detoxification and whatnot but um but kind of with like all those environmental toxins we just kind of need that um extra um building blocks which is the vitamins and minerals to help you know you know, get over that, and so you can live as healthily, healthy as you can. Yeah. Right. So, like, if someone's gonna be taking supplements, um, what supplements do you think are like best suited? I guess it depends on like what the person's goals are, obviously. But if like an average American were to take additional supplements in addition to the food they're eating, yeah. Um, what would you like recommend in terms of that? Like, in terms of like general vitamins and minerals that like day to day humans should be consuming. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, first off, I would I would say. Um, Whatever supplement that you get, you want to make sure it's third-party certified. Um, the reason why I say that is um, since, like, vitamins and minerals are naturally occurring uh, supplements, um, they're not considered drugs, so it's there's no oversight from the FDA. And so it's kind of like the Wild West in the nutrition um, world where, um, you know, companies don't have to guarantee what's on the labels in the product, and there are quite a few products that, um, do that, and it's all a money laundering scheme, in my opinion. Um, and that's why, like, you need to look for companies that have that third-party certification. So, like, whatever is on the label is what you're getting. Um, so it's almost like the meats. It can be exactly. it can be like confusing to the average eye. You know, exactly. like if you see a certain kind of vitamin and it's third-party versus one that's not, it's really not the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, like they. They can be the same thing, yeah, but, but like it's not I'm, guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm not gonna guess. Like, it's sure. it's just kind of like what I mentioned earlier. Is like you have to inspect everything that you put into your life, and um, you know I'm gonna make sure whatever I'm taking is you know good for, for me. Sure. Um, so that, that's like the first thing. <laughs> yeah. I'd say because um, that is important because um, you know I've had patients that walk in they're just like oh I'm taking like all these supplements and I'm just like well they don't they might not necessarily be doing anything and then i switch them over to like my products and you know they're feeling great and yeah shocker yeah right 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 so just a little research goes into it yeah yeah um but i guess as far as like some foundational stuff that people can do you know a multivitamin a multimineral is huge um Vitamin D, like, especially with us being in Wisconsin, we're above the 37th parallel, um, so we don't get adequate amount of sunlight throughout the year, um, so we're going to have suboptimal vitamin D, so, like, you know, especially, well, <laughs> now that it... Uh, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we thought so. Almost so. <laughs> we thought so until it snowed yesterday, right? Yeah. 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 I, was, I was very thrilled with that. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, but, uh, um, yeah, just... Uh, especially supplementing vitamin D in the winter, make sure um, you just have enough. Like, vitamin D is important um, for every cell and function in our body. Um, uh, Omega-3, uh, like, it's, uh, if you um, if you don't consume a lot of fish during the week, um, I suggest people uh, um, consuming fish at least once or twice a week. But if you're not... Um, consuming fish 
that amount of time, you should at least do like some sort of fish oil, fish oil yeah. um, from a good source, of course. Um, and that would be three grams is a good maintenance dose um, of fish oil. Um, see here, um, a good probiotic, because um, uh, there's like s probably like one of the largest fields of research is uh, the gut health and the microbiota, sure. all the bacteria in our gut, and just kind of you know like I mentioned earlier, the eighty-six thousand toxins in our environment. Some of them kill off our bacteria, and um, we need to have good bacteria in our gut in order to produce neurotransmitters, control inflammation. You know whole lot of different um, functions in our body um, and so making sure that you're replenishing all the good bacteria and just so that like also the bad bacteria don't over it yeah because it tends to be uh, like the bad bacteria tends to be like the more pro-inflammatory um, I guess uh, bacteria like if you, if you want to get into this a little bit um, uh, tends to be like the bad bacteria produce like lipopolysaccharides um, and yeah once that leaks into our bloodstream that causes like a huge inflammatory cascade and um, and that's there's like so much research on like lipopolysaccharides LPSs and uh, like arthritis especially like rheumatoid arthritis <clears throat> um, and <clears throat> yeah and actually yeah like, I, I have had a patient, you know, with rheumatoid arthritis, like, her hands were just in pain, like, 7 out of 10 pain, like, all the time. Um, and one of the things I worked on was her gut and, um, and her, her rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> so if, that, if that's something that you do not uh, act on, and that's, it's, is that a slow... Uh, process or is it more of like a long-term thing as if you do not have enough of that good bacteria um well the gut bacteria can change actually fairly quickly um like it can be complete well I shouldn't say completely different but it can change significantly within three days and um the biggest thing with that is um uh like vegetables you eat and it's actually not the amount well has a little bit to do with the amount of vegetables you eat, but also the diversity of vegetables you eat. Um, and that's kind of why, like, I guess more like the standard, um, like guidelines kind of, I guess like the rule is like eat like one colored vegetable like every day. So you're getting, you know, like your reds, orange, blues, green vegetables in because like they all have different phytochemicals. So plant-based chemicals um, that help. Um, promote the good bacteria and uh, the diversity in our gut, um, but um, but some people they have you know really messed up guts and they tend to take a little bit longer and so it's kind of tough to make like for sure like, case by case you know, yeah um, and I guess like for those patients those are the patients that I tend to use like more like natural like antimicrobials so like oregano and berberine um, are some really good. Um, antimicrobials, peppermint, um, bilberry. So um. interesting. In terms of like vegetables, I'm kind of going to ask some of the questions like the meats. Um, is there like a big difference? And I've heard both things, so I want to ask you: Is there a big difference between like 
getting frozen vegetables and versus getting fresh yeah. vegetables and the nutrients and like each of those are they relatively the same or are there a difference between frozen and not frozen produce yeah um i think uh generally um the fresh veg vegetables tend to have a higher um nutrient content but um you kind of have to just weigh it in your own um personal situation um the fresh vegetables tend to be a little bit more expensive also, and they tend to spoil a little bit quicker, while um, the frozen vegetables, you know, they are a little bit cheaper just because they're not going to spoil. Um, but they they may have, like, a little bit lower, like, nutrient density. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'm, I in mean... In terms of, like, a drastic difference, you know? Um, I would say as long as, um, you know, you're buying more of the organic stuff. Uh, Again, that, with the better brands kind of deal thing there, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I guess, uh, like, another caveat of the whole, like, uh, um, I guess, organic versus conventional farming debate um, is uh, the amount of, like, pesticides or whatever that's used on um, those vegetables. And um, was it the Environmental Working Group, the EWG, they come out with two lists, like, every year. They're called, like, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, and... Um, uh, what the Dirty Dozen is, is like the 12 uh, fruits and vegetables that have like the highest pesticide and herbicide, you know, whatever um, chemical treated um, vegetables. Um, yeah, they, like they, what, they have the higher brands. Have the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like those are kind of like, like those are definitely the um, uh, fruits and vegetables that I tell patients to definitely buy organic. And then even then, like, um, make sure you wash them. Um, kind of like a good um, way to wash your fruits and vegetables is uh, just getting like a big bowl of water. Um, well, it would be like one cup of vinegar to three cups of water, and then just washing um, your fruits and vegetables. Just like dumping it in there and then drying yeah. it off, paper towel kind yep. of style. Yeah, because that gets like uh, tries to get off uh, the pesticides and all whatever chemicals off, um, uh, and making sure like bacteria aren't growing on it as well so it lasts a little bit longer so it won't spoil as much too yeah because yeah. like if you get um because like i i've noticed like whenever like i try to you know get organic strawberries um you know it run under the sink two days later it's you know that half of it has like fungus on it and um so i switch that up real quick and uh, so start even using so start. with the vinegar it lasts a little bit longer yeah okay yeah, Cause mine's always going bad real fucking quick too. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be using that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. good. I like that. Trip. Yeah, no, it'll save you money too. In yeah, the long run. For, sure. Oh, for sure. So like, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the whole system. I was talking, you know, we kind of got a little vicious cycle with you know the food choices people have available nowadays. Like, yeah. You know, it's interesting too because Nick and I talk a lot about you know you go to Whole Foods and it's you know the good food is really expensive. You can go to McDonald's and you can get food which is not really food. Yeah. And some crappy soda for super cheap you know but then there's all but then so like you have all these people that you know potentially don't have a lot of money and that influences all the food choices they have because yeah. you can't you know the, the nice food's expensive you know yeah that that is um it's a very difficult it is uh cycle to break through um and i guess that's why you know just like even like going to this like supermarket and just trying to find deals and um like the farmer's market like I try to promote that as much as I can. Sure. You, you can get so much vegetables for 20 bucks. Right. Um, and, 
um, it's, it's pretty uh, doable, I think, on a lot of budgets, too. It's almost um, like you're investing in your own life, too. Exactly. To an extent. Yeah, and like like you said earlier, like food is medicine. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I believe that too. I think that was like Socrates that came out with that or something. Yeah, so it's it's crazy too because like even the day you know Nick and I'll be working at the office and one day we'll be eating good, we eating chicken and rice on Friday. Maybe we'll go get some Culver's or something. It's like the afternoon that we eat Culver's. Yeah. I'm slow, man. Yeah, you said it one time too. Nick called it sludge. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like sludge in your body. It really yeah. is. It like slows you down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just kind of. You know, whatever is, uh, Culver's is great. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, Moderation yeah, might be talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, like, I'm not going to lie to you and say oh. I don't eat Culver's. Like, I, I do, but, you know, it's, you know, those it's occasions, moderate. you know, yeah. it's, you have to, yeah, everything in moderation. Um, obviously, like, people's, I guess, definitions of moderation is different. Um, and that's kind of why, like, I... You know, just a general rule of thumb, you know, do an 80-20 rule where, you know, 80% of the time you're eating, like, healthy and uh, 20% of the time, you know, not so healthy. 80-20, man. Yeah. The 80-20 seems to come up in yeah, a lot of things in our life, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I thought about something that's completely a little change of topic, yeah. but kind of uh-huh. in the same thing. I was looking at a little jar you got there on your desk. Do you, um, what's your thoughts on, like, CBD? You mess with CBD at all or anything, so, sort of, something like yeah, that? Yeah, um... Uh, legally, I can't get into like CBD, uh, just because like it's a, you know, law-wise, it's kind of still like a pretty gray area for chiropractors. Sure. Um, but um, I do think that it is a good thing. Yeah. You know, overall, um, you know, if like someone was to you know throw out their back, um, I'd much rather have them take CBD oil than you know, an opioid for sure, for sure. sure. And, um, there's so many different things that, uh, CBD oil can help with like the endocannabinoid system is like, it's just ubiquitous in your body. And so there's a lot of different pathways that it it can affect. Um, however, I, I do want to say that, uh, um, is it the end all be all? And is it, addressing the root cause of like whatever's going on with someone I would argue no mm-hmm. um because there are other things that affect the endocannabinoid system as well um you know like fish oil is a omega the omega-3 fatty acids mm-hmm. um that's like one thing that affects the endocannabinoid system and um and since they're in essentially essentially uh, fatty acid you need them like to intake them your your body just can't produce that sort of stuff so you need to intake it um so that's like you know one aspect um but like uh but yeah i guess as far as you know a crutch short term i i do think it's a, a good thing yeah. um uh and then you know just doing my own research um the cbd the cannabidiol cannabidiol um CBD, uh, it gets gets broken down by a certain uh, liver enzyme. It's called cytochrome P450. Um, that is unfortunately the same liver enzyme that uh, like medications and a lot of well, just toxins in general uh, get broken down. And so, if you're kind of taking CBD oil, um, 
while taking like medications that you could potentially have like a um, reaction from that because uh, like w since they're fighting for the same receptor side of the enzyme um, you know the CBD could just be blocking out um, you know whatever um, like for example other stuff's not getting broken down yeah, yeah like um like the example that I'm thinking of right now is like there are um, like people I've heard of you know uh, they have cancer and they're taking their chemotherapy, but they're also taking CBD oil and they're having really bad reactions to the chemotherapy. And that's because the chemotherapy is supposed to be breaking down by that cytochrome P450 enzyme. And um, that CBD is, uh, you know, competitively fighting for that um, receptor site. So it, um, so that chemotherapy can be broken down as readily so it becomes like less is less effective yeah for like the patient yeah and well like it's like building up in your system more and oh, so you're, okay. you're kind of getting so more of that reaction and yeah. so um potentially like increase like side effects of it too yeah, yeah. and it's yeah it it's not a blanket blanket statement either yeah um, it is a case by case for thing. sure um and that's kind of why it, like people need to do their research yeah um uh, yeah, because uh, I know that there are some people that are thinking like, you know, it's the cure-all, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, for but sure, for sure. Um, but I think it's just kind of like, kind of it, it was. Yeah, it, I mean, it's and, it's a new money-making thing, and you know, right. I, I, that's the main reason I wanted to even ask you yeah, what yeah. you thought about it too, because it's kind of a buzzword right now. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, and like, and I have, you know, I actually tried like some CBD like salves on myself, you know, because yeah. like I get muscular pain too sure. and you know it does work it's yeah but it's kind of like the is it, is it the root cause kind of yeah deal, same know? thing yeah. yeah um yeah it's not addressing the root cause it's just masking symptoms but like it's it's doing it in a more natural way and that it's reinforcing the endocannabinoid system Interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah there's there are definitely benefits from that but there are also some side effects and yeah and i guess down things from it and um, not too many people, I guess, know about the, um, the bad things about it. For and sure. Also, since it is like a newer thing, there really hasn't been any like long-term studies done either. For sure. Um, you know, just like, you know, just kind of my understanding of like human physiology, there's like potentially like a, um, well, uh, what CBD does, it attaches to certain receptors, um, and there's a potential of your body down-regulating those receptors that the CBD oil um, attaches to. It's just like when um, someone takes like a antidepressant, an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, what that does is um, just blocking serotonin from being taken up by the neuron. Um, and so what it's allowing is um, so much serotonin is being um, left in the synapse so that you get, you know, that, um, so that you're not depressed. Um, but what your body actually does as a result of that is, um, it actually downregulates the serotonin receptors on the other neuron, um, so that you're not getting that, um, like effect, like right when you get the drug. And that's why, um, uh, a lot of people with like on SSRIs, they don't really get off them unless they just go off cold turkey because, like, they usually are on a certain 
low dosage to start off and then you know they feel great right off the bat and then they're just kind of back to square one right and then that's when they get that dosage increase and you know same thing it's it's that roller coaster ride yeah it's all good and it goes back south a little bit too yeah build up that like body tolerance to it too yeah and so like there i do think that there's like that possibility of like the body you know down regulating those cannabinoid receptors um you know what what that will ultimately um result as i don't really know um so it's to be determined for sure (laughs) it's it's still really young for sure it seems like just based on like a lot of this conversation that like health is not you know there's not really one answer to everything you know it's a combination of just doing a lot of the right things 80 percent of the time to just take care of to take care of yourself yeah you know there's a there's a lot of wisdom in that statement right there for For sure sure. yeah yeah it's that's like kind of what i'm feeling too i mean just even based on like the other plant-based chefs we've talked to it's like you know, take care of the stuff you can, exercise, do the best you can most of the time. You're fairly going to just, you know, yeah. hopefully you're going to have be have the right cards played to you and live the healthiest life you can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. For sure. I guess, so what would you call this chapter of your life right now, if you had a name or something? Uh, um, probably just uh, slaving away and getting my business off the ground. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm usually here from 7 to 7. Um, Monday through Friday, um, and definitely some hours on the weekends. So I'm, you know, putting in quite a few hours throughout mm-hmm. the week mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm a one man shop right now. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> like, I've got a business that's just different than a lot of different businesses. Like, like the main thing and the one thing I truly enjoy is like treating patients but I'm also you know running the front desk I'm doing the marketing networking accounting uh, accounting um I'm doing a lot of research yeah um because like I guess this kind of goes in with like uh my marketing as well like uh one thing that I do is like I'm reading research topics or research articles um and if there's like one that I think you know would benefit like my patients um, I take like the abstract and I write like a sentence or two summary of it, um, and then just like post it to like my website and social media and all that stuff. And you know, it's just helping me crawl up certain, um, uh, I guess, searches, For sure. that sort of thing. That's legit. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you do ever do like any? Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, go and like speak at places and talk with. Yeah. I mean, obviously, cl- clearly are a good communicator in what you know. So yeah. you know. Yeah, um, I did that last winter. Nice. Um, I did. Jeez, I don't even know. Like six or seven different sweet, um, like lunch and learns, um, where I just went into businesses and, you know, I either talked about um, like diet or ergonomics. Those were the two topics that talked about um and i'm actually gearing up to do like another um i guess run almost um, with a couple other people about like ergonomics and it's called like wellness in the workplace for sure um uh but yeah like i I definitely did that sort of stuff and um i don't know actually i plan on moving out of this place next January but like the next place I want to have I want to make sure that I have enough space that I can have um you know health talks um like in the lobby or whatever yeah same Um, Madison area still yeah yeah okay yeah I'll I'll try to keep it on more of the west side okay um 
because uh, I, I feel like that's a better market for me um, for sure but i would like to you know if it, like this is like 10 years down the road like to have like a franchise like satellite satellite clinic on the east side of madison and like know, second second shop for yeah sure. yeah and, and perhaps milwaukee you know have someone you know work for me and yeah that's cool man that's, no, the that's yeah. definitely the move for sure yeah a couple there's definitely some offices in milwaukee that have done that start off in one space and then branch off by taking care of people yeah. and expanding doing what they can do yeah i feel like you could do that i feel like you'd be good at that too yeah yeah, yeah and you know it's uh yeah it, it you know especially like with me it's like it's it's just going to take time and just getting the like anything word out there because like and like another th- weird thing about my business is that um you know um i'm actually i actually tell patients i'm trying to have you fire me because like i want people to like take control of their health you know that they eat right, you know, exercise, you know, doing everything right, you know, because, like, whatever reason that they're coming to see me, I want them to do the right stuff so that they don't have to see me. Um, and so, like, I'm actually yeah, trying to have them fire me. Yeah. Um, Essentially tune them up and then try yeah. and get them to yeah. work on their, like, lifestyle habits that have gotten habits. Yeah. 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 And then, so, like, I'm trying to, like, cut myself off of, like, future revenue streams with them, potentially. But, like, kind of, like, I guess my business model is like have them just be like, oh yeah, there's this chiropractor that does a lot more than just chiropractic, like go see him, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of my business model. And and actually like seven out of 10 new patients are word of mouth referrals. Yeah, it comes and so, back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it's just, well, it's just going to take me a little bit longer to get going. And For sure. I just need a longer runway, I guess, compared to, I guess, comparing yeah. myself to other chiropractors. Yeah. Usually, like other chiropractors, they have them on like a, um, you know, a strict maintenance plan. I'm kind of like I do uh, preach maintenance, you know, coming in like once every month or two, um, just like a car, you know, making sure everything is in alignment and, excuse me, uh, working properly. And, uh, but you know, some people don't want to do that thing, and I'm they come not, when they come when the pain comes. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I'm. I'm not going to twist their arm and try to get them in here. It's, you know, it's it boils down to education and just be like, oh, you know, if you actually took care of yourself a little bit more, you don't have to see me like the five times it takes to like get me, get you feeling better again. Right. right. So, yeah. And I think like kind of back to what you said too about like, just like driving awareness, you know, one thing that him and I always say, I mean, we run a young business too. So it's like, you know, it's not that you don't know what you're doing. It's just nobody doesn't, nobody knows who you are yet. You yeah. Know? So it's just creating that word of mouth, and it just takes so much time. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it sounds like it seems like you're doing the right things to do it though. Yeah. It just takes time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just a big jump going from you know doing a lot of schooling where there's like structure <laughs> off yeah. until yeah. you know because like For chiropractic sure. <laughs> yeah. and running your business is. They're two totally different beasts, you know. Yeah, it's two different hells. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's the sure. way I put it. And um, that's the that's the same way with like personal trainers, you know, that we've worked with in the past. It's just like they would love personal training, love chiropractic, but it's like running a business is like a whole other ball game. You yeah, know, there's two different things involved yeah. there. It's a different animal for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, just coming out of school, like I, you know, I, you know, I was just confident in myself, and you know, I think I was kind of more naive, but um, you know, I was confident in myself and. Uh, like I, I really base my uh, clinic off of uh, um, like four, like my four mentors. Um, there's like one in Houston, one in New York, one in Boise, and one in uh, Twin Cities, and they all have like waiting list practices. And like I kind of model my clinic after them, and I'm 
I just figured, like, oh, since I'm doing, like, similar stuff to what they're doing, like, people are just going to flock to me. Oh, oh for sure. That, that totally was not the case. Dude, oh, yeah, <laughs> We've been there, man. And we built this, we, when we first started, like, our first business, we had this clothing line, and we just followed a bunch of people on Instagram that built up this huge following. And we thought, man, if we just have a shit ton of people that follow us on this account, we'll just put shit out and people will buy it. It's like, nope, you got to do more than that. It takes yeah. work. It's like, you just because you have a product or service doesn't mean, yeah. like, it doesn't mean you have buy awareness. in right away. It doesn't mean you have yeah. attention, you know? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, so that was, uh, I wouldn't say a rude awakening, but, like, uh, you know, I was definitely, like, looking for that. And, you know, I was kind of half expecting, like, people, like, opening day, you know, just, like, just flocking in. Not the case. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, I'm in the area. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so, like, you know, just going out, pounding the pavement, just, you know, shaking hands, yep, just sure. getting to know uh, people, and, um, yeah, just, you know, education, just letting them know um, about me and my services, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, um, they may not be ready for, you know, my services, you know, which is totally fine. Um, but they like, might down the road. Yeah, exactly, and right. that's, that's kind of the way I look at it, and, you know, especially, like, during the, like, networking stuff, you know, they always marketing they always talk what's your elevator speech and so like i always have to say like oh i'm a chiropractor but i do a lot more different stuff than just a chiropractor i run blood saliva urine stool like tests to help figure out you know what's going on with people you do um, all that in-house um i have like all my labs yeah like, right here um i don't have the like i don't do like the exact testing myself like yeah. i just have like all the cat uh, kits to do the testing and like i interpret the results and whatnot um like, I eventually want to have, you know, like, a phlebotomist on staff and, you know, run my own blood work. Um, you know, that that's down the road, but um, I refer out for labs. and Sure. Um, but, yeah, like, going back to that whole elevator speech, like, I have to say, like, I'm a chiropractor that does a whole bunch of other stuff, and I, I don't think, like, people really understand, like, you know, my full services and kind of, like, what I do. And, um, yeah, it just takes a while. Um, and that's kind of why, like, the word-of-mouth referrals is um, so good is, like, people are just, like, they've, like, experienced what I've done, and they're just, like, you know, doesn't matter what is going on with you, you should go see them. You well, know, they're already looking forward to, you know, they're already, like, warmed up to you because they're getting referred exactly. by someone who already knows you, and that's just, like, way easier sell to make. Yeah. yeah. That's Absolutely. not even a sell at that point, for sure. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I really wanted to do this podcast is because, like, I actually have, like, a platform that where I can, like, thoroughly explain, you know, what I do. Yeah. Because um, I, I just can't do that in 60 seconds. Oh, so, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, for um, sure. Because they're just like, oh, another chiropractor. And uh, it's like, okay, I do a lot more than that. just that. Right. Um, like, especially... Got your own voice. Yeah, exactly. And, like, especially, like, you know back to, like, the nutrition stuff, like, like the blood, saliva, urine, and stool testing, that, that's, like, one thing that really separates me from like, every practitioner in Madison, um, not just chiropractors, because, um, yeah, because, like, I guess, like, the average panel, like, if someone, you know, just comes in with fatigue and they don't really help me, you know, on the intake form, and they're re really not talking, like, I would suggest, like, this blood panel, and, it's uh, 67 different blood markers and 13 urine markers, so it's really comprehensive and um, gets me a really good idea of like what's going on with their physiology and 
you know, like what I can implement to, you know. That's where you start to deploy the root cause, you know, get exactly. those all, like this is literally the, the data for what's going yeah. on. And then I know how to reverse engineer like a system that's going to fix, help exactly. you, with, you know. That's super cool. And yeah, Nick and I are really big on yeah. root cause stuff too. Yeah, and so. what's really cool about like, you know, the blood saliva urine stool testing is um, it's objective. It's rather than me like, you know, like there's some like voodoo magic stuff that I do here. Um, that's kind of more the muscle testing stuff, but um, but that's like actually objective stuff. Um, like the and, numbers don't lie. Yeah, yeah. and um, and actually, and that's why like I really like that stuff is because patients will actually listen to you more, the more objective you get. When you got um, ammo, the right. data, exactly. it's all ammo. I'm just like, yeah, if you're, um, like I, I guess using the fatigue factor, like if uh, your like thyroid stimulating hormone is out of balance, um, like we need to address that. Like I, there's really no way around that. Right, like, this is what it says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, um, yeah, and just doing interventions to kind of correct the ship. Um, and that's, um, I guess, uh, especially getting detailed into like, like some of the tests, that's when like I use, you know, the supplements and um, actually use medical foods. Um, which some of you guys may not know, but it's a way I describe it. It's kind of like high potent supplements that are actually FDA proven to treat certain conditions. Um, you need to have like a license <laughs> yeah. in order to like carry that and prescribe that. Um, Cause it like some teenager from GNC is not gonna know right. <laughs> yeah. uh, what to do with that. Um, and you know, potential complications, but there's, I mean, there's really, no complications from nutrients like uh go on a little tangent here like uh kind of the whole like i guess realm that i'm in it's called the nutraceutical industry where it, you know nutrient pharmaceuticals clever name <laughs> um like there's over like six billion like doses a year and there's only like six hospitalizations um a year like no one dies from it and just kind of the six hospitalizations it just comes from like either inferior products you know the ones that aren't third-party certified or it's like something along the lines of like vitamin a toxicity which can get over yeah. um like there hasn't been a death from a nutrient overload sure um, uh yeah compared to like um you know sixteen thousand people dying a year from opioids alone for sure so um that's crazy yeah it's just, it's just putting things in perspective um, just looking at the facts too. Yeah, yeah, I guess what uh, what has drawn you to the certain certifications that you've gotten into as far as like more chiropractic work? I know you were saying you were working in some club or you were in some clubs in college that kind of give you a taste of what is out yeah. there. Yeah, it. Um, I just gravitated towards the stuff that seemed to actually address those underlying conditions. Um. Like, especially with, like, the muscle testing stuff, like, to me, it seemed like it was, like, more objective, and then I can, like, check my work, you know, that sort of thing. Um, like, for example, um, I guess kind of getting into specifics, there's, like, a muscle test with, like, the tensor fasciolata, the TFL, which checks for, like, a hip rotation. Um, if the TFL isn't, you know, working correctly, there's a hip rotation, and so what I do is, like, I would do an adjustment, and then if that 
um, muscle is strong, then that means I did something right. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's and if it's still weak, that means that there's something else going on. And so like I just have to do some digging. Um, so there's like an objectiveness to that. It's like testing like the functionality of yeah. like each body part and what. Yeah, and there's um, and it also helps like the patient connect to their bodies more, because uh, like I, I guess like another thing why I was drawn to like the muscle testing applied kinesiology stuff is like, you know we were like taught in you know our methods classes to like palpate the spine, but like. Like half the time, like patients are or like people are just like, yeah, that doesn't feel like painful at all and you know does that actually you know uh, fit into the whole like outlook of you know their overall health like, I, to me I said no um, you know and I'm not trying to shit on other chiropractors <laughs> like yeah. you know what what they do is just fine there and they have like their own niche but you know it just didn't really resonate with me and yeah. um Especially in, like, and this is the way, like, you know, me personally, I like to get treated as well, you know, with, with chiropractic stuff. Um, and, um, and yeah, I just want to treat patients the way I want to be treated. Um, and, um, yeah, and it just really resonates with me, and it yeah. keeps me passionate about that. And yeah. Like, even though, like, I'm still, like, like I'm not calling myself a wily old vet yeah by any the means, yoda of yeah. chiropractic yeah. yeah um but like you know this sort of stuff like I, I can definitely see myself you know staying a lot more passionate about throughout the years you know 25 yeah. years down the road i i yeah. can definitely see myself you it's know, just like still hitting it hard there's through. a lot of still like foundations but it'll still like change over time exactly. too it's just like and you seem like you're pretty up on your research and stuff too so just keep yeah. that up and always something to learn too never-ending student yeah and um yeah i'm always trying to improve myself and you know just changing things up like since day one like I'm I am doing things differently since day one and I can tell you from a year from now I'm probably going to be doing stuff differently too and it's kind of that whole um if you're not growing you're dying sort of thing and um that's why I think uh you know uh, a lot of different chiropractors and you know just solo practitioners in general why they uh kind of plateau as far as their patient loads um, it's because, you know, they don't improve themselves so that they can improve their patients. So. Start to help people in different areas, too, draw a new audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to... We edit this a little bit, too, so... Yeah. Stuff that... Uh, and there's anything else I want to ask you. I guess, is there anything else that you want to touch base on that you kind of cover? Yeah. Um, I guess, like, uh... I guess, like, some common, uh things that I see with people is a lot of it is actually stress related. I actually, this is, I think this is really cool. I, I like to nerd out on certain things, but, um, I really do think a lot of stuff is like, um, stress related, um, both like the chiropractic stuff and the nutrition stuff where, um, like our bodies, uh, it's like main priority is to stay alive. Um, and you know, like, when our ancestors, like, 10,000 years ago or whatever, um, you know, when, like, their sort of stress is a lot different than our sort of stress. Like, when they were stressed out, they were running away from tigers and shit. Right. And um, they don't have to, and not gridlock <laughs> on the yeah, belt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, um, 
our definition has shifted a little bit. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and so like back then, like, uh, stress, you know, the stress hormone is cortisol and, um, just like modern day humans, like everyday human, um, uh, modern human, um, we have like an upregulation of cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone and, um, cortisol is supposed to actually be like really beneficial for you. And that, you know, if, when you're, like, running away from that tiger, um, you know, if you were, like... Start working better. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You, your muscles are getting more energy. And, um, you know, if you were, like, like tweak your ankle as you're running away, like... Wouldn't feel the pain. Yeah, there's, like, an anti-inflammatory benefit to that. So you're not going to feel that sprained ankle until, like, you calm down. Um, that sort of thing. And that whole, like, cortisol thing is part of the, the sympathetic nervous system. And um, that's, like, one half of it. The other half is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the whole rest and digest. And so, um, you know, when you're, you know, just, you know, you know, just, like, sitting around, you're supposed to be, you know, in that parasympathetic state where you're supposed to be, like, resting and digesting. So, like, the majority of your blood is supposed to go to your internal organs. Um, and actually, the... Um, when you're in that parasympathetic state, the top three organs that get blood um, in order is your liver, kidney, and brain. And so our bodies are um, prioritizing detoxification um, over thinking and everything else. But um, when uh, you're in that sympathetic state, uh, your blood is like allocated uh, more towards your muscles and like your brain so that you know you can get away and you know whatever and it takes blood away from the liver and kidneys and so when people have uh, are stressed out um, their detoxification um, uh, isn't not as efficient yeah, yeah, yeah. Going as well. and like I said you know you have the 86,000 chemicals in our environment you need to break them down somehow and your liver and kidneys do that um, and, uh, does, and does like the detoxification, if that's not as efficient, will that also potentially add like more stress? To oh yeah, you, abs right? absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's another <laughs> facet to that, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, but like our bodies just inherently prioritize, um, detoxification, like over a lot of different stuff. And so what it'll do is like reallocate energy in our body and like move it over to our liver. And, um, this is, this is why like a lot of people have digestive issues when they're stressed out is because, um, uh, hydrochloric acid, which is like made in our stomach. Um, it's, um, it's HCL. So it has like a hydrogen proton and like a chloride ion. Um, and that concentration of the hydrogen ion is three million times more concentrated than in our blood. And so it takes 600% more energy to make than any other compound in our body. And so obviously that's kind of like a big energy waster. And so when we're stressed out and not detoxifying properly, what our body does is allocates the energy that's normally supposed to be used for um, that stomach acid creation and they move it over to detoxification and so our stomach acid actually decreases and to um, 
go with that, um, like our lower esophageal sphincter. So that's like the part of the esophagus that just leads into the stomach that actually responds to stomach acid. So the more stomach acid you have, the tighter it closes. Um, and so when you're stressed, you're not making as much um, stomach acid. And so that means that lower esophageal sphincter is like loosening up. And so that's when, when that sphincter loosens up, uh, that's when you kind of have that backsplash of you know, stomach acid, and that's when people get heartburn. Um, and there's also a thing called a hiatal hernia, which is the stomach going up through the diaphragm and uh, causing it's heartburn. Like stress. Um, it's part of it. Can't part be, yeah. part of it. Yeah, there can be other things that causes the hiatal hernia, like bending over and like coughing, or like like eating a really big meal and laying on your back, because that just forces um, that stomach up against the diaphragm. But like those are the two common causes of like heartburn, and um, and so like <laughs> like with people with heartburn, like you need to address the root cause of it and not get on proton pump inhibitors or any sort of heartburn acid blockers. And so like like this is actually something that kind of infuriates me. It's like like when people get heartburn, they're um, taking the like proton pump inhibitors and they're actually shutting off their acid and so they're actually making it their heartburn worse because uh, the lower esophageal sphincter just can't respond to any stomach acid that's crazy and so um and just like another like caveat there hasn't been any long-term studies on proton pump inhibitors like the longest study of um uh, a proton pump inhibitor has been eight weeks and um they don't really know what the long-term side effects are like from a study but I've had patients, you know, they've been on them for five years, and and their digestive system is like all shot and just whack, and they wonder why. And I'm just like, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is just like people are using all those band-aid solutions back to yeah. our start of our conversation. Exactly, they're and, not actually looking at the root. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it like a lot of it is related to stress, and um, yeah, and uh, well, and I guess to kind of go further down on the digestive tract um, um, it's the amount of like stomach acid that actually uh, triggers peristalsis which is the small mu smooth muscle contractions of the intestine to um, let food pass and um, it also triggers like your pancreas and uh, liver to like dump in like the bile and you know the enzymes and all that good stuff um, but yeah, if you're not getting that peristalsis, you're constipated and, uh, you guys wouldn't know this, but like a lot of people are constipated walking around that are, I walked, walked through my door. Sure. Mm. That's super interesting. Yeah. And, and that's, um, and then when you kind of have like a, that slow peristalsis and you're constipated, um, that's just setting you uh, setting yourself up of, um, just letting, um, the bad bacteria to just build up because you're just not evacuating it properly and um, just bad overall digestive health. So. You're, making, you're making me question the whole health system right now. Yeah, dude. It's, I, it's crazy. It's just, it's just, just blowing my mind, honestly. <laughs> just my whole life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and everything that you see in front of you is like everything that we're like subjective to when we walk through the stores and get these medicines and all the stuff that we're yeah. just like. It's like, how much of it is, like, actually really helping us? Like, deeper than that. Yeah. So much deeper than they see even realize. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, 
bad mouth, like a lot of meds, like, you know, even like the proton pump inhibitors, like it does have like its purpose, but I would say it's actually from when someone has like a ulcer, like you need to shut off the stomach acid so your body can heal from that ulcer because, yeah, it's an ulcer. Right, <laughs> right. Um, that is like a perfect time, you know, to take the proton pump inhibitors, but, you know, for heartburn, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, and it's a pill for an ill, that's kind of the I guess, term just covering up symptoms with a medication and um yeah it's just it's just not going after the root cause and i really do think that there's a you know a, a paradigm shift with people and kind of realizing that and you know the um you know the old way of doing stuff of just going to your doctor and just blindly taking six medications um isn't working anymore and actually funny funny study it's actually not funny <laughs> but uh like if you're taking at least six um uh drugs or prescription drugs there's a 100 percent chance that there's a drug drug interaction and so like whatever symptom like one of the symptoms potentially that you could be feeling is from the drugs just counteracting each other sure. um and what's even crazier is uh for diabetes which is a totally manageable by like lifestyle issues or lifestyle interventions, um, the actually sweet spot for um, diabetes is uh, six to nine drugs. Um, that's when like patients live the longest. So if you're taking five or fewer for diabetes or 10 or more, you die earlier. Um, but that six to nine is that sweet spot. And so with that, you're guaranteed to have some sort of side effect. Um, Just from the just from interactions diabetes. Well, yeah. And like diabetes is I think it's pretty straightforward. Just get on like an intermittent fasting or a ketogenic diet and exercise. It's the resistance training or like even if you don't want to go into the gym, just doing isometric contractions and just squeezing your muscles so tight, um, that will help lower your blood sugar because you have uh, glucose receptors on your muscles. Um, they're called GLUT4 receptors that they're, they open up when you isometrically contract them. And so that just lowers your blood sugar and pretty easy way to, you know, lower your blood sugar. And I would have never known that. That's that's, crazy. That's what diabetes is. So yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) And there's, and diabetes is like projected to bankrupt the healthcare system, but you know, if people just did some easy interventions yeah yeah Yeah. so I heard you uh, bring up ketones yeah that's kind of another buzzword going on right now so what if you had to give a quick summary of what ketones do um ketones are a byproduct of fat breakdown in your body um because uh um fat is normally broken down uh in your mitochondria uh, through the process called beta oxidation, um, and it's supposed to break it down into acetyl CoA, and then there's like an en- enzymatic conversion to um, ketones. The main one is uh, beta hy- hydroxybutyrate, and um, and what that beta hydroxybutyrate and like acetone is technically another one. Um, Propanoic acid is the other main one, um, and what they're supposed to do is uh, 
they're actually used as a fuel source um, uh, rather than like glucose is you know a fuel fuel source um, for cells, but some tissues actually prefer the ketones. Um, um, mainly the heart and brain. Um, and, you know, well, I just, I guess, just to compare, um, you know, food, like the macros, like carbohydrates, you get, uh, was it four calories per gram uh, that you eat with carbs, but with, you get nine calories per gram for fat. So, like, fat is more energy dense. And since, like, our heart and brain literally on all the time they require more energy and so that's the preferred fuel source for that um and so like ketones um the reason why like you know ketones ketogenic diet ketosis why that's so well um or such a huge thing and i'm a huge proponent of the ketogenic diet if it's a good fit um uh is that you're getting your brain and heart the adequate fuel source and um, so in turn what's that what would that do for your body if you're providing yeah. your brain and heart some ketones um, it, it just making sure that it can work properly um, and the big thing is like you know Alzheimer's Parkinson's all that stuff is like on the rise and um, I guess like the first like well-known study with, in regards to the ketogenic diet this is back in like 1920. 1930, something like that, where uh, um, the doctor that ran that did it for epilepsy, you know, which is a neurological-based condition, and um, based on that study, you know, just prescribing a ketogenic diet, one-third of the epileptic patients, um, their symptoms resolved completely, a third of them improved, and then a third, there was no difference. So there's actually no patient that had adverse side effects of the ketogenic diet. Which is, uh, I think that's a really powerful study. Yeah, that's crazy. That powerful. is insane. Um, so, so that'll like help your brain kind of function on all cylinders. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, the energy it needs, kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like um you know like your car if you have like um if you need like a you know ninety one octane higher octanes oh, yeah, yeah um rating but you're only feeding it like the eighty seven like your car isn't gonna run I'm not even. It's not going to run as smooth. Gonna, right. yeah, exactly. I've, yeah, I've done that. Or it's just like it just doesn't start as well in the winter. It doesn't yeah. run as smooth for sure. So that's kind of a good example of what the yeah. ketones do. Yeah, and that's why um, like a lot of times when people switch over to the ketogenic diet, one of the things that they talk about is like, oh, I'm thinking clearer. And, and that's because like their brain is actually working optimally and it's a crazy thing it's the opposite of that sludge you get at yeah. Culver's man yeah exactly <laughs> I feel like I'm getting slower when I eat yeah. that shit yeah, yeah. I'm laughing because actually one of uh, one of these guys we know he was like yeah I just tried ketones for the first time and I haven't been like I haven't slept <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah like, he was like, well, I, <laughs> he, like he's like I haven't slept all he's like a couple days I was like oh my god dude yeah that's uh yeah this is, his brain's wired man yeah, yeah his brain's working yeah he was getting shit done that's for sure yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, those uh, exogenous ketones is what they're called. It's um, that beta hydroxybutyrate. It's like mixed with like some sort of calcium salt. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good way to induce acute ketosis. Um, 
So like you can just take some supplements to get that. Yeah. 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 So like uh, um, you know if if you're just, you know if you had like a crummy diet the past couple of days and like you need to focus on something, taking those ketones will um, help you think clearer. And, um, I've never, we should try that. Yeah, we really I would like should. to try that. Yeah. I've never taken that. I've said, there's like a like biohacking is like a yeah. thing going on right now yeah. that I've seen a lot of people be doing. Yeah, um, I think like uh, that in like acute ketosis it should only only last like about an hour or hour and a half something like that. But like you know, just kind of like getting you in that right step, like perhaps like it'll like get you. Just kind so of get yourself out of being into, groggy. Into, kind of this this yeah. is like a supplement, like you would put in like a, like yeah, a, like a protein powder. Yeah, it's a it's a powder. How much you should you take to get into the cute? It's obviously based on the size of the person, probably, but you don't want to yeah. go overboard. Yeah, it's um, uh, you know whatever, I guess it depends on the dosage of the. Um, What's that? Read the pack, Jeff. Kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, for get, sure. Because it also. Depends. I don't want to end up like Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's the guy that was crazy for like yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it, it also depends on kind of the salt that the beta hydroxybutyrate is in. Because okay. like, some salts are more bioavailable than others, um, and so and I would probably just say whatever the suggested service size, ser- serving size is. We're gonna try that. Yeah, I'd like to try that. Is there yeah. any any other biohacking kind of things like that out there? Um, uh, some good biohacking stuff that I I do um, is try to block blue light. Um, at night, um, for sure. Just because, I uh, fix that. yeah, I just because, like the the blue light, it uh, um, inhibits a melatonin production in your pineal gland, um, and that's you know that's responsible sleep. for sleep. And so, um, so many people that have sleep issues, and you know for sure, just no blue light before. Staring at your phone before going to bed. Staring at my phone seconds before I go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, watching watching quick YouTube clip before you go to bed. Yeah, um, yeah, that uh, that's just you put your phone on night mode. Exactly. Yeah, Um, I need to start doing that more. Honestly. Yeah, just or like I mean, even if you have to have your phone before you go to bed, like blue light blockers or, um, uh, you know, there's there's like certain softwares out. that uh, kind of turn down the blue light, that make it more of that amber color, that dark red, yeah, for sure, um, sort of color, so that the blue light isn't coming through and not affecting you as much. So those are some simple things to, I guess, implement. That's um, a good one. Those are good. Um, as far as biohacking, some other stuff. Um, I haven't tried this, but uh, microdosing LSD. Yeah, <laughs> um, Jeff did that shit too, man. Um, that's a this one I heard that's uh, really popular. And honestly, I don't care. Out. I'll say that I've done that. It's great. Yeah. It honestly gets you in like a state of like flow. To be yeah. honest, like you just you don't like trip like you would on LSD, but like you just get in like that good flow state to where if your ha- things aren't as hot in your life or something like that, mm-hmm. or you're not just firing on all cylinders, you're just like, all right, it's kind of just a it's kind of like a reset almost, you know? Yeah. So well, like what what it does is increases uh, dopamine. Yeah. Um, in your brain and for sure, dopamine is kind of more of you know, the, um, being responsible, getting shit done and, you know, that right. sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it just increases dopamine, just yeah, activates the brain more. For sure. So that's, that's all that is. So for sure. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, I read, I read a book. It's, uh, called Game Changers by David Asprey and I know the Bulletproof Coffee guy. Um, 
yeah, he talked about, you know, like he's he's all about biohacking his life and um yeah, those those are kind of the I guess points that I remember from that book and yeah. Um and I and I've done, you know, ketogenic diet for a while and uh, implemented the blue, the blue light stuff. Um but there's like some other stuff. stuff out there. Yeah, for more biohacking, you can go to the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll talk to you about all that kind of stuff on his shit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually kind of funny. Um, you know, as far as, like, my clinic, I do want to implement some of, the, like, the cryotherapy that he talks about. Um, there's actually, a, like, a lot of research coming out where, you know, going from cryotherapy to, like, saunas, that really like stimulates the body. Yeah, that, that well, and also stimulates your brain in a certain way. And um, I think there was a study that they did that sort of like treatment and like Parkinson um, symptoms uh, like reduced. Because like the telltale sign of Parkinson's is that resting Shit. tremor, and um, the, you know they kind of rate the tremor or see how much movement it is, and um, yeah, there's a decrease in. That's super interesting, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I want to implement in my clinic down the road. Um, also, some uh, hyperbaric oxygen, which... What's that now? Um, what that does is just increases uh, blood oxygen. Okay. Um, Casinos in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just go to Vegas all He's the like, time. He's like, you just like going to go to Vegas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, what that's doing is just increasing blood oxygen, and you need oxygen in order to make... Um, ATP, which is energy, and you know, to really get over certain conditions, you need and like that cellular energy to help get over that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, and there's so much research behind hyperbaric oxygen. Like, it's really well known for like a sports performance recovery. Um, even helps with like third degree burns and you know major stuff like that, Alzheimer's and that sort of thing. And you know, that's, that's just some overall health stuff that I want to. So, in some, in terms of like implementing that in the clinic, in the clinic, what does that kind of process look like? Is that like something that somebody like hooks up to, or is it something uh, with that hyperbaric oxygen? You yeah, just, uh, you sit in like a chamber. Okay, it's okay. Like a, More like an environment thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's like yeah, just a chamber where uh, it increases atmos- atmospheric pr- um, pressure in there, and that's actually how your like lungs. Um, exchange gases is through pressure gradient um so yeah since it's increasing atmospheric pressure the one i'm looking at is increasing it to 1.3 atmospheres um so that just increases you know oxygen just going into your blood and so it's delivered to you know all tissues and whatnot um yeah you just sit in a chamber and it's about nine feet by it's uh four feet. Is it t- is it like it's not tougher to breathe in there? You no, know, when you're like when you're like higher up in the air, isn't it like I mean when it's, it's probably I guess the last side. Yeah. When you're when you're up in like, like say elevated. like Mount Everest, you're yeah, actually yeah, yeah. uh it's a, actually a lack of oxygen. So it's under one. Yeah. Um you know it, it really shouldn't Well, yeah. actually I should say to a certain extent, if you're getting like Jeez, I think there's, like, some hyperbaric oxygen chambers that get to, like, three atmospheres. Okay. Um, you know, definitely towards that. Sure. probably perhaps get a little bit harder, but, like, 1.3 atmospheres. Is so, like, when you're up on Everest, like, what are you looking at, like, up there? I mean, you probably don't well, know, that, you know the exact number, but, yeah. like... Half 
an atmosphere. Yeah, okay. So, so you're point, actually, point de- five, you're yeah. actually decreasing. Okay. I just had to get that so math right. Like in my head. Flowing yeah. Oxygen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's all about oxygen. If you want to, um, it's like athletes train to like be able to compete with less oxygen. Yeah. So when they're in a right. normal oxygen environment, their body's just yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 And that's that. why like there's like a big thing with like blood doping. Is yeah. Like, for sure. Um, you know, they just take their blood out, um, you know, a few days beforehand. And then, you know, the night before they have like their competition or whatever, they have more red blood cells in their system. And so that just means more oxygen so that they can perform better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that's super interesting. Actually. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of, I guess, like the hyperbaric oxygen is kind of like a non-invasive blood doping. So, yeah, yeah. Um, just go in that room and breathe. Yeah. 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 What's actually really cool, um, uh, have you ever heard of the, the guy Wim Hof? No? That sounds yeah. Th- this guy, he uh, he does, like, a lot of, like, breathing techniques, um, and, like, he's always, uh, like, preaching, like, you know, increasing, like, your blood oxygen and so you like you alkalize yourself because like a lot of disease tends to potentiate in like an acidic environment so you want to alkalize yourself but uh this guy he actually climbed mount everest in just like boots and some shorts legend yeah (laughs) Yeah. like like the guy like scales mountains like all the time just just look him up next time (laughs) so he can just breathe up there and he's good yeah like he's got like his own like breathing technique obviously it's like something you want to work on (laughs) you just can't like breathe for like you know a week and then expect to climb up mount everest but um, this guy's got it down clearly yeah yeah the guy's just like i've been you know kind of getting into some of that stuff too and um, it's very interesting yeah, like, Tony Robbins is pretty big into like breathing techniques. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's definitely something to that, and it's just boils down to getting oxygen into your system. I mean, it's just like everyday thing, even reversing back to the stress conversation. Stressed yeah. out. I mean, how many times you've been told take a deep breath? That like it works. Yeah, you know, and so. yeah, and when you tend to be in a hyper stressed situation, you tend to be hypoxic. And, um, so low oxygen. So interesting. Dang. So I guess if you had to give like a pyramid of health or even pillars of health, what would be like the top things that you would tell somebody to focus on in their daily yeah. life? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's just, uh, I guess I'm probably going to butcher it. Like my, one of my mentors, uh, it's just eating right, um, moving right, sleeping right, talking right, pooping right. Um, just so the base of everything would be nutrition yeah um yeah i mean a lot of i would say i would actually argue that the biggest thing and probably the most like anti-inflammatory thing you can do is sleep um sure. getting enough sleep is important it's like a hundred hundred years ago the average human slept 10 hours a day or clo- closer to 10 hours a day i should say um and you know the average human's getting like six or seven now and um, that's why bodies are breaking down, but obviously like, sleep is the most important, but that is also dependent on how much you move throughout the day and how much, uh, like repairing like your body, yeah, you get in the right nutrition and that sort of thing. So like, it's like all interlocked, but For like, sure. you know, I, I, like I definitely prioritize like sleep over, um, everything else. And, um, I feel like movement is huge though. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people just in general that are not moving nearly as much as they should be too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, that has adverse yeah. effects. 
Exactly. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's all yeah. kind of just flows together. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not like, that's kind of what we say not too. Not one thing's the not answer. Not one thing's the right answer, you know. Exactly. You just got to be doing a lot of things a lot right, you know, mostly right, I should say. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, you need to do a lot of things right. And that's kind of, well, that's kind of why, like, I gravitated to the things that I've been doing is, you know, really addressing, like, the holistic aspect of things. And, you know, if, if you just, like, just focus on throttling your upper cervical, you're really not going to do a whole lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, you you need to address a lot more than just that, so. For sure. Can agree more. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having on, uh, being on the show. That was some seriously wise information, to be be honest. Like, I I learned a lot, I'm sure. Speak for both of us. For sure, yeah. Yeah. It's got me rethinking my life. Appreciate (laughs) it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate you guys uh, having me on here. Absolutely. I'm glad I can, you know, just educate. That's a big, big component of, like, what I'm doing and just spreading the word about what I do and, you know, just um, I think I can definitely make more of an impact, um, you know, the more educational platform is so mm-hmm. for sure definitely yeah yeah i yeah, mean no. we'll uh we'll drop uh, links out to uh eric's information contact information website uh in the in the bio of this podcast so you guys can uh feel free to reach out out to him and uh, get a hold of him yeah and if you have any uh, questions just let me know i'd be more than happy to help people out so we appreciate you man all right thank you yeah take care thanks for tuning in